0: Are you a pet sitter? Welcome to a space created just for you. We'll be talking all things pet sitter related for you, the pet sitter. So sit, stay, and treat yourself. This is the Pet Sitter Podcast. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Every day, we have an opportunity to create a more inclusive world. The smallest acts of kindness have the biggest impact. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle. Learn more about how you can get involved at lovehasnolabels.com. This message was brought to you by the Ad Council. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of the United States. While some shelter pets would love a good game of fetch, others would rather snuggle on the couch. Either way, they have one thing in common. They're all pure love. Right now, millions of pets across America are in pet shelters and rescues. If you're thinking about adopting a pet, visit the shelterpetproject.org. This message was brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of the United States. Attention all pet sitters! Are y'all ready for an energy-packed, multi-day event for pet professionals to discuss relevant topics that enhance day-to-day standards, practices, and procedures? Well, the Texas Pet Sitter Conference is just for you. Join us Sunday, February 23rd through Monday, February 24th, 2020 in Shirts, Texas at the Texas Pet Sitter's Conference. There's going to be seminars, hands-on learning, and discussions led by industry experts that will equip attendees with business and operational tools to better care for the pets in their community. So Texas Pet Sitters, yee Get on over to TexasPetSitters.com now to register for the Texas Pet Sitters Conference. We can't wait to see you there. Don't forget to mention during checkout that the Pet Sitter Podcast sent you. There's going to be an extra special something in your registration bag. The information regarding medical, animal handling, environmental, and behavioral pet care techniques on the Pet Sitter Podcast do not qualify you to perform any of the techniques talked about. This podcast is not a supplement to having proper education and training. Listeners are advised to use information heard on this podcast at their own risk. Please take all steps necessary to ascertain that information you receive from the Pet Sitter podcast is accurate. The Pet Sitter podcast is a guide to seek educational knowledge and omits any liability. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. I'm your host, Ramsey, and this is the Pet Sitter Podcast. This is a revamped top five prescribed medications by veterinarians podcast. Providing the highest quality of pet care entails constant, continued education to ensure the most up-to-date techniques and knowledge available. So pet sitters, are you ready to get informed on the top 5 most commonly prescribed medications by veterinarians? Are you also ready to learn special precautionary measures and side effects to look for? Here is going to be a list to help understand the most prescribed medications, why they are given, and special techniques to ensure the best care possible. Let's dive on in pet sitters. First on the list is antibiotics. Antibiotics are used to fight bacterial infections, and so you want to take precautionary measures to prevent transmission pet sitters. A list of productive ways to avoid and prevent spreading to other animals is always wash your hands when you arrive to the client's house, and always wash them again before you leave each client's house doing that ensures nothing in and nothing out another tip is carrying hand sanitizer to disinfect your hands between each wash and bookings or between each bookings as well that's going to keep you guys sterile and safe Um, if you suspect that your clothing has been contaminated it is always a great idea to keep a spare change of clothing and shoes handy in your car Um, I like to also say that clean uniforms will always prevent transmission to your next booking client. So if you are caring for an animal who is taking an antibiotic, maybe take that precautionary step in to prevent transmission to another booking right after. Some side effects of the medication to be on the lookout for and inform the owner if you notice any of the following signs. If they're vomiting, if they have diarrhea, if there's a lack of appetite or an allergic reaction, and an allergic reaction can be anything from diarrhea, vomiting, to skin rashes and lethargy. So just being observant and just really informed on what medication you're giving your animals um, that you're caring for. Second on the list is antifungals, Um, ketoconazole and clotrimazole, um, those treat antifungals. Ringworm is a fungus and is extremely contagious. It's spread through direct contact and antifungals are usually a topical cream, wash, or ointment. If you're caring for an animal that is taking an antifungal pet sitters, this is a great candidate to change your clothes, shoes, and wash your hands thoroughly after being in contact with this booking. Again, because it is so highly contagious, uh, fungal funguses, especially ringworm, you do not want to transmit that to any other clients. You always want to wash your hands before the application of the medications. So, like I just said, antifungals will usually be a topical cream, wash, or ointment. Um, You want to, you know, uh, do a sterile technique of application that includes. Washing your hands, that also includes um, using a sterile tool such as a Q-tip or gauze and not touching the opening of the medicine container. So a good technique is you squeeze whatever you need out and drag it off, that way you never make contact with the opening of the medication bottle with the skin. So you never want to put it on the skin and drag it out, you always want to use a sterile tool technique. You will also want to have proper handling of animal technique. Um, Some of the animals that you give medication to or even put on a topical ointment or you're trying to wash the area, they might need muzzling. They'll probably need a proper restraint technique. So whatever that looks like, wherever it is on the body, of course, a restraint technique is going to look different if you're trying to hold their paw versus their ear versus their belly versus their tail. So just having education on proper animal handling is going to go a long way. Um, Eye drops and ear drops, again, um, proper handling a muzzle might be needed, especially if you're going to be getting that close to their face. Um, Ointments are easily applied on the surface of the skin, Washes and wipes, however, most of the time consist of multi-steps, including pre-wash, wash, wash, and post-wash with the ointment application. So again, just doing research on the medication that you are providing to the pets that you're caring for is going to go a long way, pet sitters, just that extra step of research. You guys always want to have prop you always want to have proper instructions from the owners. So you want to read the labels, you want to read the instructions that the owners gave you. And if you notice any contradictory statements or you notice that the amount is different, then always open up that tool of communication and call the owner, call the vet clinic whatever you need to do to ensure that what you're doing is the correct way to perform the medical or uh to <coughs> sorry guys I'm about to sneeze <coughs> anyway that you um you just want to have the proper techniques whenever you're um, applying medication, such as a antifungal topical cream. Um, these steps, along with proper education uh, and prep, will help prep for you for antifungal administrations. So sitter, side effects of the antifungal medication that you want to pay attention to and let the owner know if you notice any of the symptoms is if the animal is dizzy, if you notice bleeding in the mouth, if they are lethargic, vomiting, if they have diarrhea, if there's a lack of appetite or skin irritation. So now we're going to talk about anti-parasthetics, femantil, ivermectin, and prasequantil. These are medications to treat uh, parasites, and there are two reasons why they're being prescribed. It's either for prevention or treatment of parasites. Pets that are being treated with antiparasitics means that they have an active infection and are contagious. So animals with hookworm, these are great candidates to bring a change of clothing, shoes, and wash your hands thoroughly after being in contact with this booking. Um hookworm is spread through the contact of feces and as puppies and kittens it can also be contracted during nursing. So if your animal that you're caring for has hookworms, that means that picking up after them is so important. So whether it's a dog or a cat, you want to relieve them in an area where no other animals will be trafficking because Any residue can actually absorb through the paw and even your skin, and you can then contract it. So with hookworm, if you're caring for an animal that is um, being treated for that, just be hyper diligent of precautionary measures that you can take. You also want to look at side effects of the medication, so that's if they have it. There is also prevention medication, um, and also for heartworm also, but heartworm is actually contracted through mosquitoes, Um, but both of these... Uh, side effects for the medications that you need to be on the lookout for the owner is if the animal seems uncoordinated, if they have possibly gone blind, if they're lethargic, vomiting, if they have muscle tremors or lack of appetite. You also want to just be on the lookout for that whether you are giving the pet antiparasitics for prevention or treatment. The side effects to look out for do not change. Next on the list are pain relievers and opioids. So this umbrella falls under the pain reliever, so don't get hung up on the word opioids. Um, that I'm talking about Tramadol and Carprofen or Remedil. Um, those are technically NSAIDs, however, um, I did blanket this under uh, pain reliever. Um, And these are prescribed to pets who are in pain. Um, As a pet care provider, we want to be aware of where their pain is, what the physical limitations are, and we also want to observe for any symptoms of constipation, which is totally normal when they're taking pain relievers, or allergic reactions. Um, Pets taking these medications will become lethargic, um, a little bit sleepy, I mean, maybe not so much for the um NSADS, but for any kind of pain reliever it will kind of maybe bring on a little bit of a sleepy side effect. Um, More side effects you want to be on the lookout for is vomiting, nausea, constipation, and disorientation. Um, I would like to note, pet sitters, that these medications have a higher risk of liver and kidney disease. So if you have an animal that you're caring for and they actively are taking other medications for liver or kidney disease, or maybe they are actively in liver and kidney failure, Giving them an NSAID or an opioid could be backtracking and should be given with extreme caution. That you need to be in trained observation because these pills um are hard on their body. So just having. Knowledge of what those side effects look like. For instance, if they are in kidney failure, they're most likely possibly going to have a side effect reaction to it. Note that and let the owner know. Um, You also want to look out for GI disturbances. Um, Some animals. You can give this medication every day to, and they are fine. Some animals, however, and a large majority of them, actually do start developing almost ulcer-like symptoms. Um, blood in the GI tract, they could be vomiting blood, pooping out blood, it kind of upsets their stomach. So again, um, our job is to provide for the animal, um, but we also want to have trained observation that if we're noticing blood and they are taking an NSAID or an opioid, um, one, always mention that to the owner, but two, that could also be the culprit. So just also staying on top of that. And you guys, pet sitters, Y'all are not the same kind of caregivers that I might be, and that's okay. The whole point of this exact episode was to give you guys confidence in getting interested on getting educated on the pet pharmacology, on the on the pharmaceuticals that you're giving the animals that you're caring for. So again, let's go over um, the next one. Steroids, prednisone, and triamcinolone. Steroids are prescribed for different diseases. Um, I think one of them is Addison's disease. uh, And you just want to always provide extra water to an animal who is taking steroids because it will increase their thirst. Also, when you do that, you want to also increase their potty breaks because now they're going to be urinating more. Um the side effects that you want to be on the lookout for steroids is panting, lethargy, allergic reaction and that can be vomiting or skin rash and diarrhea. You um also just take into note that these are anti-inflammatories and also prescribed to pets with cancer. And um, there is also on this medication of steroids an increased risk for liver and kidney issues. So again, just having um, trained observation on if they're suffering from side effects because again, we want to give them these medicines to aid in their life quality to help treat whatever's going on. And when we notice negative adverse side effects and it's causing daily routine disruptions such as um liver and kidney issues we just want to be aware and practice again that tool of communication and always communicate with the owners what we're seeing what we're what we're witnessing and how everything's going um pet sitters <laughs> i really hope that this pharmacology guide was super helpful for you guys and again just gave you all tools and resources and confidence in doing research it takes 2 seconds to pull out your phone and google out whatever the medication you're giving to the pet be interested do a little bit of work and the great thing is is that knowledge is power and now you have the power pet sitters i hope this episode found you well And stay tuned for an epilepsy bonus episode clip. You're welcome, pet sitters. Hey, pet sitters. Hey, this is a pharmacology epilepsy guide for you, the pet sitter. If you don't know what a pet seizure looks like or what symptoms to look for, this is to help identify when something is not right and you are unsure of what's going on. So let's dive on in. First off, the pharmacology for epilepsy is usually diazepam, hydroxine, and phenobarbital. (laughs) Sorry guys, my two years of Latin in college and I still chop up pharmacology like nobody's business. Um, These anti-anxiety, muscle relaxing, and appetite stimulants are the most prescribed medications by veterinarians to pets suffering from seizures. So, pet sitters, I want to talk about three parts that usually happen in every seizure. There's the preictal period, the post-ictal period, and then the one between where the seizure is actually happening is the ictal period. So, the pre-ictal period is where the dog knows something is wrong. They may hide or seek you, a human, and be shaking and drooling. They're confused. And it can be a little scary. The next phase is the actual seizure itself. It is called the ictal phase. And they can last from seconds to minutes. And seizure spectrums can be anything from a mild shaking to losing full consciousness and falling over and thrashing. The third and final is the post-ictal phase and that immediately follows the seizure with confusion, restlessness, and can even cause blindness. So seizures in our pets are super scary, right? Because you have to be there to witness them in order to know that one has happened. So pet sitters, this is an invaluable information tip right now. These are symptoms to look for to look for a reminisce of a seizure. Okay, so reminisce of a seizure not witnessed could include blood in the mouth from biting themselves during the seizure, urination or bowel movement in their bed or wherever they're laying, and excessive drooling. Pets being treated for epilepsy need to be monitored. I highly suggest the pet cameras just to be able to backtrack in case if you ever show up pet sitters and something's not right. Maybe the client can then rewind and watch maybe something was caught. But there are special precautionary measures to be taken and supervision measures to ensure that the pet is safe. Medication should never ever Ever be missed especially if the animal is epileptic you want to always provide adequate amount of, of medication um, when the animals boarding with you so you always want to count out that medication if you're staying with them or they are staying at your house to make sure that there is enough to last through the stay and if not again pull out that amazing communicator tool of yours pet sitters and just communicate with the owner Pet sitters, you should also monitor when the medication is low, and it's always super helpful to remind them to refill. You guys, our our clients are super busy, that's why they hire us. It can be easily overlooked when they're a rocket scientist, no joke, that their pet's medication is low. So communication along with knowledge help plan the best for the pet that you're caring for and their needs. Pet sitters, I hope this episode found you guys well. I hope you guys are staying strong during the holiday season. I myself is a little bit frazzled. I'm in the weeds a little bit, but who isn't? It's holiday season. And I hope that you guys have a fabulous rest of the week. And remember, pet sitters, you're amazing. Sending y'all love, light, and abundance. Hey, pet sitters, hey! Are you new here? Did you know that you can go back and binge listen from the very beginning of the Petsitter Podcast? That's right. <laughs> Start from the beginning and gain insight, information, and pure relatability with every episode. Don't forget to click subscribe so you never miss a new episode of the Petsitter Podcast.